And I'm ready, I'm ready today to hear the word of the Lord. And I, you know, when I go to Africa and even the lessons that I've been teaching for the men in Brazil and those that are connecting to that class via Zoom from literally all around the world, um, I, I ask them at the beginning of almost every lesson to do this. I, I ask them that when they open their Bible, they need to have a mental picture. And at the same time their Bible is opening, they need to open their hearts and open their minds. Because I'm going to tell you, a closed Bible, I mean, an open Bible does no good for a closed mind. An open Bible does no good for a closed heart. And so when we open our Bibles, we ought to open our minds and our hearts and we ought to let God talk to us. And I believe he's going to today. I really do. Brother Stewart, we are glad that you're with us. We're glad that you're here. We regret that you're not able to be here physically. Hopefully that will all be corrected by Tuesday and you'll be able to be with us then. But we're glad that you've joined us remotely today. And, and I'm ready to hear the word of the Lord. I want you to just take your liberty. I want you to preach to me and preach to this church. We want to hear the voice of God today. Amen. God bless you, Brother Stewart. I'm going to turn it to you at this time. I think I am. Come on, church. Let's find the mind of God together. Let's let God anoint every one of us as we seek his mind and his face for this service. Oh, let's worship him. Let's praise him. He's worthy. Oh, he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God is good, and I believe that God is going to work in our midst today. There, there really is no telling what God could do if we will believe today, if we'll bind together and just seek his face and let him talk to us today. There, this, this uh, situation that we're working through today is really no difficulty for God to work right, through. Right, right, God right, is right. not challenged by what we are challenged by today. And so we're just going to let God have his way and uh, let him talk to us. And I appreciate what God has been doing for the Truth Church. And uh, we're, we're, we're not ready for him to quit. We want right, God to keep right, working right. on us and keep talking to us. And, and so if you have your Bibles with you today, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to John, the 18th chapter. Verse number one is where we'll begin. Give honor to Pastor Riggin. And uh, appreciate his willingness to uh, to host this service this way, and and uh, let God continue to work. Yes, yes. I uh, I believe that this 
virus has been an attack on the church and it it didn't surprise me didn't surprise me a bit whenever god started moving there in olathe that the devil got upset and so we're just going to keep fighting back we're not going to let him have the preeminence we're going to let god have the preeminence and we're going to fight through this and i i say if he's turned up and and fought and if the devil's turned up and fought the way that he has with trying to shut this series of services down we need to turn up the spiritual pressure on him a little bit this week amen amen i'm not i'm not just going to take this laying down i'm going to fight back this week amen john the 18th chapter verse number one says when jesus had spoken these words he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kedron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples and judas also which betrayeth him knew the place for jesus oft times resorted thither with his disciples amen Church, I want you to I want you to put your mind on God today. I really want you to open your heart today because God wants to talk to us today. God's got a place in mind that he wants us to get to in this service today. And the only way it's going to happen is we bind together and we just follow together the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to preach to you for just a little while today on this thought going back to the garden going back to the garden lay your bibles down lift your hands lift your voice and let's ask god to give us the grace to have this service today that we that he desires to have almighty king we're trusting in you today god our faith and our confidence are in you jesus god we know in whom we believe we know god that you're well able today to conduct the work in this service that you're wanting to conduct, God, that you've got a place in mind for us to reach in this service today, God, and with everything in us, God, we want to strive to reach that place. God, we don't want to fall short of where you want us to be, God. Carry this church, oh God, in the spirit to that place that you want us to be, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we know that you're able. We know that you're able, God, to do what it is that you're wanting to do today. Help us to surrender today, God. Help us to push beyond our flesh and beyond every distraction today, God. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, all the honor today, Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I presume you're standing, so you may be seated in Jesus' name, amen. Humanity is unlike any of God's other creations. Nothing compares to the creative work God put into humanity. No other created thing means as much to God as humanity. 
No other created thing does God desire to have a relationship with more than humanity. The psalmist said in Psalm 8, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and with honor. One of the things that God did differently in creating humanity is that he gave to you and I a free will. No other being has that. This is not a bad thing, but it is something that you and I have the responsibility to monitor closely and keep it under control. The more carnal we as humanity get, the harder, the more difficult it becomes to manage our will. When we are prayed through and full of the Holy Ghost, our will becomes manageable. When we are carnal, it becomes difficult to manage. When we are sinful, it becomes impossible to manage. And so what is this thing that we refer to as a will? Really, what we're talking about here is a choice in what seems to be made from our desires. When we choose based on desire, and we all have the power of free choice. We choose every day if we're going to submit to the will of God, we're going to submit to the will of the devil, we're going to submit to the will of man. And the prophet Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he said, for I know the thoughts, and that word means plans. I know the thoughts that I have toward you, said the Lord, thoughts or plans of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And so God has a plan for each of us individually. God has a plan for every church in every part of this world. God has a desire, a thought, a destination to give us peace and not evil, to give us uh, an expected end, to bring about his perfect will in every congregation, in every church around the world. But regardless of how good this plan is, no matter how badly God wants it to be fulfilled in our lives and in our churches, it is entirely up to us to choose whether or not his plan will be accomplished. Amen. It takes more than just desiring the will of God for the will of God to be accomplished. Amen. Because God does not force his plan, his will upon anybody. Amen. God doesn't force it upon you as an individual, and God doesn't force it upon the truth church collectively. He will make that will known, but he will not force it into place. Amen. 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 And so in Philippians chapter number two, verse number eight says, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even 
the death of the cross. Before there there was a, a, a Jesus hanging on a cross, there was a Jesus kneeling at an altar. Before the redemptive work of Calvary could purchase our salvation, Jesus went to the garden. Amen. Before Jesus took the, the long journey up to Golgotha, he took a trip to the garden. Amen. Interesting enough, it, it seems geographically that the garden and Golgotha were opposite directions of Jerusalem. Amen. And, and, and oftentimes, our, our will wants to take us a different direction than the will of God. And before we are going to make a directional change, we must find that place in the garden to go crucify a will, to go crucify our own desires. Amen. Before the disciples abandoned Jesus, he went to the garden. Before Jesus went to the whipping post, he went to the garden. Before they took a crown of thorns and began to nail it into his scalp, he went to the garden. And before the cross, he went to the garden. And so while we appreciate what he did and the redemptive process, we need to understand that without going to that garden, the will of God could not have been accomplished. Amen. Our text shows us, it tells us that even Judas knew where to find Jesus when he led the, the religious leaders to go find the Lord of all of the places around Jerusalem that that Jesus could have been. It, it was very clear to Judas. I know right where he's going to be. He's going to be out in that garden. And so leaving the upper room the night of the Passover, what Jesus does next doesn't seem to surprise any of the disciples. It's not a surprise to them when they left that that holy upper room and, and, and seeing what they saw there and partaking of the Lord, it, it was no surprise to them when Jesus began to lead them out of that upper room. We're going back to the garden one more time. He knew what the night was going to bring. He knew what was ahead of him and for those disciples that he loved. And he said, the best place that I can take them right now is to a garden. In Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse number 39, it says, And he came out and went, as he was wont, or as he was custom, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down, and he prayed, saying, Father, not my will. He said, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an, an angel unto him from the heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. 
And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. And so what a picture we get here from our Lord with those that he loved dearly, setting for them the supreme example. This is this is something you're going to have to do. This is this is a place that you're going to need to frequent oftentimes before because the trip to the garden was not a one-time event. And this is why Jesus could make the statement, I do always those things that please him. Never once do we find Jesus attempting to do the things that pleased him. Never once did we find Jesus trying to pander to his own flesh. Because if you let it, church, your will is going to get back up. If you don't go back and crucify your will, it's going to lead you away from the will of God. If if the true church doesn't collectively keep our will submitted to the will of God and pressed down, it's going to rise back up and the church will begin to veer off from the path, the direction that the will of God is at this time. Amen, amen, amen. Ephesians, the second chapter, verse number one says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires, fulfilling our own will, the will of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Your carnal will will lead you down a path that's contrary to the will of God. When we are not tuned in to the will of God and we're just going along with what feels right and what we believe is the right thing, it's going to lead us away from the will of God. An uncrucified will leads to lawlessness. It leads to doing what is right to our flesh. An uncrucified will cannot be preached to. An uncrucified will argues with the pastor when he gives us direction. An uncrucified will cannot be reasoned with. And an uncrucified will always turns us from the will of God. And when a God begins to move a church in a certain direction, uncrucified wills in the congregation begin to struggle with and fight against where God is taking us. When we dig in and we don't, we don't really abandon our will, we cannot get to the place that God wants us to get. And I, I, I want to I help this church today. If you're just thinking these are a series of services that in, the, in a few days the holidays will be here and things can kind of settle back down, I, I, I want to challenge that today. I believe God is, is setting a course. God is making his will known to this church. And the only way we're going to continue down this path is if we will crucify our will and make up our minds. I'm not going to just abandon what God is doing for us right now, but I'm going to follow this thing out. I'm ready to see this thing continue on. 
Amen, amen, amen. We want the will of God. I know this church wants the will of God, but I'm here to tell you today, we don't just get the will of God because God wants to make it known to us. There's got to be a crucifying of a church will, of our collective will, before we can see that happen. Peter said this, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. We can't live after our own will. But the will of God has got to be supreme. Too many people, when they go searching for the will of God, they get out some telescope believing that it's a far-off thing, but, but it's right in front of us. It's right now. There's a will of God right now for this service. There's a will of God for the service tonight. There's a will of God for tomorrow and the next day. We've got to crucify our will and, and commit to seeking after and following the will of God. Jesus never sinned. He never did anything worthy of, of God's judgment, but being our supreme example still had to bring his will into subjection to the Father. Regularly, Jesus goes back to the garden. Hour, it would seem, upon hour, he spent this night in the garden bringing his will under subjection. And I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to appeal to this church today. If Jesus, being the supreme example, never have sinned a day in his life, spent and committed that much time to crucifying his will, how much time, how much energy should we devote to doing the same thing? Amen. Before you can know the will of God, your will must die. Before you can do the will of God, your will must die. You, you need to understand this. There's, there's, there's people in this congregation today that want to know the will of God for different things that are going on in your life. And I'm here to tell you the reason that you don't know what the will of God is right now the reason that it seems God hasn't made that known to you is because your will hasn't been dealt with yet. You haven't crucified your will. And he, he's going to require you to go to the garden before you go to the cross. He's going to require you to go lay your will down and crucify it somewhere before he'll make his will known to you. And I, I pray that that God has a place, a destination for the truth church to reach in the coming weeks. But I'm telling you, we're not going to get there as a church unless as a church we crucify our will. We got to get to the place where we don't have a vote in the matter. God, I cast every care, every every situation, every aspect of my life upon the altar and I give it to you today. I don't have a vote in it. You do with it as you see fit. But going beyond even where we don't have a vote in it, beyond where our will is crucified, uh, Philippians 2 and 13 says, For it is, the, the, it is God which worketh in you. 
both to do or to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's a different word will here. It says to be resolved or determined to purpose. So he's saying when I surrender my choice, then I will do the choice of God. We need to get to that place where I don't even consider my will. I don't even consider what it is that I want. When my will dies, I no longer even have a choice in it. Then I put it in God's hands and let him do with it as he sees fit. When his will is the only thing that matters. When every day I get up and I want the will of God in my life. That's only going to (laughs) happen when we find a place of consecration. And we begin to seek God and surrender our will to the will of God. When his will begins to increase and our will begins to decrease. Interesting enough, again, back to the message of John the Baptist. He preached a message of repentance, but then concluded his his ministry with he must increase and I must decrease. Sometimes we just need to get to the place where we can We can repent of holding our will above anything else in God's kingdom. When we're always looking to to see that the way that we want certain situations to turn out and pursue those things. When we repent of that and say, God, I'm through with holding my will supreme to yours. I want your will to be done. When Jesus taught us how to pray. He's given us a model to pray, a framework. He said, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So every day, church, we've got to seek the will of God. Every day we've got to surrender our will to his. We've we've got to put our will on an altar, and then begin to seek the will of God. Every day, every service, every prayer meeting, every decision that we make, we need to let the will of God reign supreme. Oh, I hope you're getting this. I hope, I I pray today that somebody is understanding that, that your will will hinder the will of God from being done in your life. That when we are trying to take God's kingdom and force our will into it. The will of God will not even be known to us. God, what's your choice here? What is, what's your will in this matter? Matthew 7 and 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. If we're going to make it to heaven, church, this is this is serious business. This is not just necessarily about finding direction for our lives or for a service or a church. This is this is about making it to heaven. If we're going to make it to heaven, we must do the will of God. Church, finding the will of God is so paramount to anything else we've got going on. Nothing else matters but finding the will of God. This is this is something that God takes very seriously. He doesn't take us brushing off his will 
for ours very lightly. Saying we surrendered to the will of God 10 years ago uh, and it's done is not the right approach to finding and doing the will of God. Every day, every day, I've got to go to the, to the altar. Every day, I've got to go back to the garden and see that my will is crucified, that my will is, is, is under his will. Amen. First John chapter number two says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We need to desperately seek the will of God. We need to, to, to repent of a casual approach to finding the will of God in the mind of God. We need a revelation that God's will must be done, but it's only going to happen after we crucify ours, after we quit going to God in prayer and trying to tell him how we want certain outcomes to happen. When we quit going to God and rather than saying, what is it that you want? When we quit going to him and telling him, this is what I want you to do and how I want this, ex this, this situation to turn out in my life. Amen. The more we love our will and the more we love this world, the harder it gets to crucify our will. The more carnal we become, the more difficult it becomes to find the will of God. Church, God has a will for this church. God has a plan that he's trying to get us in line for right now. But before we get there, before God can take us to that place in Olathe that he wants to get us to, we got, we got some work in the garden to do. Before we can see God do what it is he's come to do, we got to go to the garden. We got to go back to the garden. We got to make a regular trip to the garden because God wants us to know what his will is both as a congregation and in your life individually god wants that to be known to you it's not something that that god wants to hide from you understanding what the will of the lord is be wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is god doesn't expect us to not know his will, he doesn't expect it to be something that's far off that we can never attain and never reach for. God wants his will known. God wants his will done in the truth church in Olathe, but we've got some will to deal with. Amen. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and does the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The early church was able to find the will of God, and so can we. The struggle is not for God to make his known will to the truth church. The struggle is for us as the truth church to crucify our will until we no longer have a choice in the matter. 
Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's seek the will of God right now. Let's seek the mind of God for this service. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's let's follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody, you're battle weary trying to find the will of God, and, and God has given you the answer today. This church has been wanting to know the mind of God, and we've got another stepping stone in front of us right now, and that's to deal with our will. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's talk to God. Oh, you want to know the will of God for your life? Crucify your will. Amen. Do you need... A decision made in your life. Crucify your will. Are you struggling to overcome your flesh? Crucify your will. Are you hungry to see what God wants to do in Olathe? Crucify your will. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's keep praying. Let's keep our minds on God right now. Let's keep God at the center and the focus of what's going on right now. Come on, somebody. You need to get out of the business of telling God what you want. And you need to get in into a, in a garden and let God help you crucify your will. Amen. God gave us that will. And the most beautiful gift that you could give to God right now is to offer him that will right back to him. God, I know you're allowing me to choose today. I know you, you created me with a will and I can make this choice myself, but God, I'm crucifying this will. I'm laying it on the altar because I want your will done more than anything else in this world. Oh, oh God. I wonder if anybody feels like praying today. I wonder if anybody feels like going back to the to the garden one more time and say, God, I want your will to be done. I wonder if you'd be willing to find a place around the altar today and let God help you to crucify your will one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. When Jesus chose his place to go to find a place where he could crucify his will. He went to a mountain range called the Mount of Olives. Amen. That's where his will was crushed. And it's only when the olive is crushed that it, it can see the benefit on what's on the inside of it. Only when what's on the inside can be useful is when it's crushed. And if you'll take your will down to the altar today and let God help you to crush it. He'll make his will known to you. If you'll give God your, your will as a gift today, it'll never have to be broken. He can just simply help you put it on the altar and leave it there and see that his will is done. Come on, let's pray. Let's find a place to pray. Let's, let's lift our hearts and our minds to God today. Oh, let's let God work in our midst today oh thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus bless your name savior glory to your name god 